0: you <laughs>
1: live Fix podcast. This is Chris. This is Colleen. And we're uh, we're here. We're almost uh, to the to the end of another fantastic year. Uh, 2011 is winding down. We actually it's coming have, to a uh, halt. It, it's it's coming to a halt. There's a lot of time left though. There's a lot of a lot of shows going on tonight. Yeah. it's New Year's Eve, and uh, we have a uh, gr- we have a great show. We're ready to uh, end the year with. Uh, we with, always have a great show with a bang. Yeah, but this is this is big. This is bigger. This is bigger than any show we've ever done. I know we said that last episode, but this is New Year's, New Year's Eve. You know, we're going to, you know, we have, you can't see it here, but we actually have a, uh, we have a ball that's slowly dropping. So when it gets down, you know, we're going to count down to the final live music moments. But maybe we'll post a YouTube video of that sometime. But, you know, but anyways... We got a great show. What you guys were listening to in the uh, the intro there, coming into the show, was I think one of the most interesting. I didn't see this, we, you know, we didn't experience it, but um, this this whole show is about things that you know trends that we've saw uh, that we've seen over the year. Um, and as we looked at other uh, music writers, you know, other uh, writers like ourselves who are out there covering live music, what shows were big, important to them, and kind of you know left left their jaws on the ground and you know left them walking out of the venue with a sense of, you know, awe and grandeur, and one of those was, um, uh, what you were listening to was uh, Hatsume Miku. hope I'm, again, saying that uh, correctly. Uh, And it's a new kind of performer, you know. Again, you know, Japan uh, seems, you know, they always have a... uh, A A leg up. They do. Sometimes. They're always a step ahead of us here in in the Western world because... uh, At least in
0: technology.
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting for those floating uh, skateboards that were supposed to be, you know, ba- heading back to the future, Back to the Future Part 2. And they're like, oh, yeah, they have them in Japan. And I never really saw any of those. But I don't know. In any case, the live concert experience is definitely being evolved. And uh, the uh, Japanese fans are, are way ahead of us, you know, and the performers are way ahead of us. Because what you guys were listening to was uh, a virtual performer. Uh, her name, or his his her name, because it's actually a performer that changes gender. And the performer's name is uh, Hatsume Miku. Do you think maybe they
0: respect music more?
1: Japanese you know, fans? It's kind of,
0: yeah, it's kind of ingrained in the culture. More, and, more
1: open to it, yeah. you know? As, as American music fans, I think we get set on a certain experience. We get set that this is what we paid for, and if you deviate from that, or if it's not close enough to what we've already experienced, then... You know, we kind of go, ah, this is weird, you know. And see, yeah, possibly, I don't know. We've got to have some Japanese concert fans to kind of educate us on on the deal, uh, the differences between American fans and Japanese fans. Because if you're watching this video, we have a link to, you know, in the show notes here, um, to this video. You can watch it. It's really a fascinating thing. And we've actually covered something like this before on the show uh, about um, there's a Japan X is another big arena band, really popular in Japan, and they actually had their uh, member, uh, lead guitarist, was kind of the heart and soul of the band. He, uh, he committed suicide, he hung himself, uh, unfortunately, and um, the band uh, continued to play. And the way they continued to play was that, uh, at key moments during the show, they actually beamed a hologram of, uh, of the, the lead singer, I'm totally blanking on his name, um, sorry Japan fans. Uh but uh a really fascinating thing that we've we posted a video on this before. And we'll have some show notes, but you know holograms, live music and all these virtual things.
0: That always reminds me new of new for Vanilla J- Skies.
1: Vanilla, Vanilla Skies. When we talk
0: about holograms.
1: Yeah. Because w- one
0: at the party there, there was a birthday party in uh, in Vanilla Skies mm-hmm. and he actually showed um a or during the party there was Famous musicians, I think. Believe one was Louis Armstrong,
1: and Mm -hmm. there was a
0: hologram of him playing the birthday party. I always think of that.
1: You know, I don't remember that. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that uh, this weekend. I don't remember. I kind of remember that. So you think it's kind of the same thing?
0: Kind of like I mean, eventually, just like your fantasy of. You know, skateboards, flying skateboards. My fantasy is that like one day yeah. you'll be sitting in your living room and press a button and there drops, you know, Billie Holiday and she's kind of sing- singing and live in person but it's just a hologram or just like an image of her.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we're, we've, you know, uh, we've wondered about these things before, you know, because uh, the, the the line is very thin when it comes to the, the separation between science fiction and live music. There's... There's a lot of similarities, and I think there's a way that, you know, the live music experience is beginning to evolve. And it's already evolving, you know, as we speak. You mean right, like Alice right, Cooper? Right now. Alice Cooper? Yeah, totally. Alice Cooper. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but no, I mean, you, you could go to, uh, you know, if we've, um, I, I started a uh, kind of a live concert um, fiction about the first concert to happen in space. You know, and there's a there's a venue in there that I've always I, I wish you know I wondered about that would create kind of a a virtual dome that would a concert that would take place on the moon or some other planet.
0: Okay, wait. So you wrote a fictional story about? I told
1: you about a this. concert on the moon. Yeah, very first concert to ever happen outside of Earth.
0: Oh, I never have never seen this. Is it hiding in a drawer somewhere? No, or it's a it's shelf? On there.
1: I'll I'll uh, I'll send you the link, my my fearless co-host. So. My wondering uh, co-host, yeah. So in, in in this venue, you the the, the concert, you know, you pay a concert ticket to you know to take a, a space shuttle flight up to the moon. You 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 know you're there for the concert experience. And before the show starts, there's different rooms that I imagined in here that would be holographic and that they would read. You'd walk in and you know like um, something that would scan your brain, scan your heart, your emotions, kind of where you were at that specific point, and then as you walked into that room, the uh, the computer, the data system in the room would be able to recreate whether it was if you wanted to relive Woodstock, if you wanted to relive Altamont, if you wanted to relive, you know, some concert that you really enjoyed, maybe someone that, that uh loved one that died, that you always wanted to know what it was like to experience, you know, their their show. You the right. moon, I think it's important.
0: I understand where you're going, I think it's important too to give people the option to walk into a room and want to be somewhere else, like want to have maybe more energy or want to have, um, a better feeling or a, be able to, they maybe have a goal that they want to reach. They should be able to have to change, you know, their state using music. And I think that, and I, I believe there's, there's a lot of research out there now, music psychology, um, that music perception, I mean, there's journals out there. It's, there's a lot of research on emotion and music and how that connects.
1: Yeah, it's completely under, uh, underserved. And I'm just wait, I'm waiting for the live music industry to pick up on this stuff. You know, we've had some conversations with people who are in the health industry or who are within, uh, you know, the human, uh, human, I was gonna say human trafficking, but uh, human tracking, you know, uh, data tracking, uh, self, quantifying type of things mobile apps that track uh, personal health and wellness and things like that and you know they were saying like you know wouldn't it be cool to have you know you could enhance the concert experience by allowing fans to put on you know uh, an MRI on their brain you know like a football helmet kind of thing and they actually have these machines now they have these portable So cult- if you're
0: a music promoter yeah. or you're someone who loves to create apps we have some great ideas
1: yeah absolutely so
0: please hit us up on the web
1: yeah, let us let us know what you know what you guys think because I think there's you know at, we'll get into this. We have uh, you know this show uh, we kind of got off track a little bit, but but I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed tangents. I live for tangents. But uh, we're gonna have a, a segment here on this show about future trends, things that kind of started to develop in 2011, and that we feel that they are the future, and that we will continue to see these trends evolve. So we're going to get into that uh, a little bit later and then also, you know, this show is all about um, celebrating and kind of looking at 2011 like what what fan experiences defined, you know, concerts in 2011. You know, and what um, what things did we enjoy, you know, what concerts did we enjoy the most? Uh, what ones disappointed us? You know, things like that. So so we got we got packed show here and uh, we're going to get into that Really, really soon. But before we do, uh, it's been a busy, busy month. Actually, the last couple of weeks for for live music news. So we're gonna we're gonna get into that right now. So you re- you ready for some live music? Absolutely. News? You know, this is um,
0: this is better than reading the New York Times.
1: Yeah, way, way better. I mean, this
0: is like this is the 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 music live music news of. of
1: yeah, this is this is big the stuff. World. So right, right. <laughs> I love how you you make the uh the live the news like bigger than it is. I I love that. It's that's awesome. So, our first thing here is uh LMFAO. Uh you know, many of you know as the 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 band that uh helps, you know, hamsters dance in uh Kia commercials. You know, and um, you know the party rock anthem, party people in the house tonight, all that kind of stuff. Ubiquitous. I try to get it out of my head, and I just I can't get that song out of my Don't head. Don't try. It's 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 it's, just,
0: it's permanently in your brain, and you're never gonna get it out. Right. The only thing you can do is is wait till another song just like that that comes around and gets stuck, <laughs> kind of lodged in that same area of the brain.
1: Yeah. You know, concert fans we get beat over the head, but music fans, you know, we get beat over the head with certain. Certain songs and resistance is futile. I think at a at a certain point you just really have to, to do that. But uh, last night, um, one of the DJs, uh, Beat Rockin', I think his his name is, uh, uh, a fire broke out uh, underneath the stage. He was doing a, a DJ set, and a fire actually broke out underneath. And some interesting quotes uh, from him. Uh, you know, his promoter said, "Hey, you know, fire's breaking underneath the stage." And uh, Beat Rockin' actually said. I didn't want to leave the stage, you know. He wanted to continue the set. He was so, you know, engaged in the in the actual music and the fan connection that it, it looked like he'd actually rather burn and die playing live music than say, you know, escape the the flames of the of the show. So that's that's kind of interesting. I mean, how do I mean how do you how do you deal with that? I mean, what's the what's the psychology well, behind then, behind okay. that? It's like would I you, understand would you the pass mind? Up a food, you know, a, a meal to to eat and feed your body versus we've talked about this before, food e- eating versus using that money instead to go to a show. People are making these decisions. So and
0: I understand the mind the burn
1: the mind, stage then right. And wow. the
0: mind is very powerful, but eventually he would have burned. I mean <laughs> Unless he right. left, and I'm see. laughing because it's, it's I mean, fascinating. to the think The thing about is, that. is your right. mind can can do all kinds of things, but when it comes down to it, um, the logistics and and I mean, fire can burn you. So I mean, eventually, yes, here, fire can burn you. And ev- you know what I'm saying, though. I mean, your your mind can do whatever you want it to do, and you could, you know, your mind can predict behaviors. So you could stand in in you know near fire, but eventually you're going to burn. Right, and you're you're going to third degree burn. So it, it sounds a little I mean it's nice that he wanted to stay there for the fans. It sounds, you know, um you know, it sounds interesting, but I, I just the reality of that is is kind of out there. I think it was more publicity quote.
1: It's possible. I don't know. We wouldn't put it past LMFAO. I mean they're uh they're riding their wave. You know, I don't know how long they're gonna be able to uh maintain their uh you know, their popularity. But why not ride the wave while you're while you're you know, while you're cruising, right? Our next, our next story is a local local story, really, really, really great news. I mean, uh, here in Chicago, we have um, what we call the Old Town School. Which
0: they're actually nationally known. There, yeah. The Old Town School folk Folk. Yeah, it's the
1: Old Town School Folk Music. Mm-hmm. Um, Colleen, you actually, why don't you take this one? Because you actually wrote a story about uh, um, the history you know of that. So this this story is actually about Old Town School of Folk Music is expanding, and they're adding a sixteen million dollar, where is A sixteen million dollar uh, th- store facility, hundred and fifty capacity concert here, as the uh, Chicago Tribune reports, uh, is due to open January 9th. So it's actually I've in, actually in
0: driven by it and actually seen the construction. Oh, yeah. So they yeah. are it's building it's it's you know it's almost done. It's going to be done the end of this month or mid of mid mid the end of this month. Yeah. Um. And, and I just I think hey man that's a it's a great it's a great place for people to um explore live music and also to learn live, about live music and also to play live music.
1: Right, and uh, I know somebody who's going to be taking less guitar lessons at the Old Town School of Folk Music.
0: I will. I'll, right? I w- I will personally be starting my lessons yes um in a few weeks here. So we'll see. I'll keep you guys updated, but uh yeah. We'll see how that goes. I've I've kind of been a uh, a guitar player for for many years, but not really I didn't I didn't do enough. I I need to do some more training, so I'm going to You've
1: gotten serious. I
0: I've, I've gotten serious. Yeah. I've gotten serious not you know I've had the opportunity to photograph some some great guitar players but you know this is the time to to use those skills that I you know saw through the lens um, on my own guitar yeah. so we'll, we'll see how that that plays out
1: Yeah cool stuff cool stuff So it's actually the Old Town School of Folk Music is uh, uh, celebrating the 55th anniversary and we've actually had someone uh, Frank Hamilton is one of the first people uh, the old, old Town School of Folk Music came from a place called the Gate of Horn which was a really influential uh, folk music folk club club in uh, downtown in, in downtown Chicago. No longer in existence, it evolved in what do we know today as the Old Town School of folk music. And we actually had Frank Hamilton, uh, the post that that you wrote, Colleen. You know, Frank, uh, we were talking about this. He actually dropped a comment on on the uh, on the post, which is really great. I mean, Frank Hamilton, he's he's a legend. Uh, a really crucial person. is a folk legend. Folk legend, you know. You can't have... read
0: any history about the folk scene um, and, and not read about Frank Hamilton.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna have a link to that uh, in the uh, in the show notes. You guys can check that out and see see what Frank had to say. And then we're 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 working hard to get Frank uh, on the show. So Frank, if you're listening to this, uh, we love to have you have you on the show to tell us about this brand new uh, state of the art. Uh, new music venue and uh, capacity. Great, uh, great stuff. So, you know, 2011, there were, there were lots of crazy things that uh, music fans did. And the last week of, um, of the year, a couple weeks of the year, there was there was no shortage of crazy things that fans are doing. So there's this story that came out. Uh, you know, a couple of music publications, uh, online publications, were reporting this. And basically, what happened is that there's a, there's a fan uh, in Orlando, House of Blues. He tries to get in. He get it gets into the venue, and apparently he uses his friend's badge. Uh, he flashes his uh, badge to get a better seat in the venue, and um, doesn't get very far. He, what kind
0: of badge
1: a, a police badge
0: oh a police badge. a
1: police wow. badge yeah so he flashes a a a, a bona fide police badge ballsy from his I mean, friend from, from his friend you know and it's it's really it's really kind of uh kind of interesting because it was happened in central Florida and i don't know how you know it doesn't really say how he how he got the badge but um it it really is something interesting i mean fans are going to he he was he, he was willing to what band was it again uh it doesn't uh doesn't say Yeah, you know, it doesn't even say it doesn't even say it just says in central florida uh orange county sheriff's office house of blues in orlando so uh, according to you know arrest arrest report you uh associated press was reporting the house this. of blues
0: are used there's really good security at house of blues
1: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean at
0: least in Chicago. And yeah. I'm assuming that's so maybe that's what, standard everywhere. Yeah,
1: maybe that's what led this fan. He goes, you know, the House of Blues, they're not going to let me... I can buy a concert ticket, but it's not going to get me as close to the stage as I want. So I'm going to ask my buddy who's a sheriff or who's a cop, can I borrow your badge? Because I want to get into the show and I want to get as close to the venue. I, I'm not sure. I know the House of Blues in Chicago, you can get pretty close to the show. You know, they can get right up to the stage. Wow,
0: I wonder what, is you it, know? Like I mean, if he be fine uh, for this? Could his brother be, I, I mean, this is yeah, I don't know, so
1: he's got, uh, well, it's like
0: falsifying um, identification. I mean, that's like falsifying who you are.
1: Yeah, he says, Ross's uh, friend was charged with falsely impersonating an officer and unlawful use of a police badge. So, he faces some pretty nasty charges. You know, we'll, we'll see how this goes and, you know, if it works out, uh, from William. Yeah, there's no names uh reported here, but they they say What's that... this
0: out of? What what newspaper are you reading this out of?
1: Uh this is Associated Press. Associated a- oh, the Associated AP. Press. Okay. AP reported this. So pretty legit then, source. Oh, yeah, this is a police police report. I mean, this is like this happened at a concert venue and this fan was trying to do this and there's wow. legit charges being you you can't you can't go doing that. I mean, you can't, but again, live music will make you do some crazy Crazy things, right?
0: I guess so. I mean, there's
1: proof. Wow. I mean, I'm trying to think. Is he trying to get up into those VIP areas? I don't. Know. Are all? I assume all House of Blues venues are kind of created the same. Because in Chicago, you have we have uh, you know the one downtown on Dearborn. It's you know you have the main floor. You can get pretty close. I mean, why would you try and do that? The only thing I'm thinking is maybe he was trying to get into those VIP areas up along. You know, they're kind of a uh, little more. You know.
0: Well, or he was flashing swanky, it towards whatever. other fans. You know? you know, maybe he's flashing it towards other fans and saying, "You know, I wanna, I wanna move up. Let me through. I'm pl- official police business." I mean, you just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, wow.
1: Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. So, and this is all happening. This happened last week uh, in, uh, you know, in the uh, Orlando area. So, if you know this fan, or if you were at that show and you and this guy flashes badge at you, we'd love to hear you. You know, hear your story. But uh, be great to hear what you guys are what you guys are thinking. So, um, next thing here is uh no, no, some more fan news. Uh fans are doing some crazy things I don't know what is getting into people, but you know, we've been following this uh, Sugarland uh story, this, you know, tragedy of the Indiana State Fair, uh stage collapsing. You know, we've uh reported on that and you know, we've shared some stories, um what happened at first and then Sugarland uh, you know, they've since played a show to kind of commemorate everybody uh, that was there in that moment and kind of continue to mourn and, you know, have that grieving process go on and kind of get everybody together. There's that, a lot
0: of YouTube videos you right, know, depicting right. The, the victims and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you, if you do YouTube it, you can find all kinds of stuff that people have created, fans have created.
1: Yeah, so what's, what's goofy is that uh, two fans, um, and I, you know, I don't know if these people are actually live music fans, you know, they could very well be, but what had happened is that, you know, all there's so many different claims that have been, uh, um, uh, sent in, you know, to, to get money for this, you know, against the band and against the, you know, stage fair and, uh, you know, you know, Indiana commission and all kind of stuff. There was two fans that submitted false claims that, um, you know, they submitted them and they were going to be rewarded the money And then they looked at it, and the lawyer said, you know, you guys weren't at the concert. You did not go there. You just tried to put your name in there and get money for free. So they somehow found how these fans were not actually at the show, but they wanted to take advantage of the opportunity to file a claim as if they were at the show. Wow. Incurred these damages, physical damages and injuries and everything, and get the money. And they were found wow. out. They uh, they tried to uh, women uh, two women here who were their names? They were two uh, women. Yeah, Stephanie Murray and Sandra Hum of Indianapolis claimed to have suffered injuries from the collapse. Both attempted to collect payouts from an Indiana State Fair Remembrance Fund and the Indiana Tort Claim Fund. So, the prosecutor, his name is uh, Terry Terry Curry. He, you know, he said that the the women tried to falsify these claims, and they tried to get twenty-two thousand five hundred dollars from the funds. So they're, wow. trying, they're trying to claim mm-hmm. pretty, pretty hefty chunk, you know, on the trying uh, <laughs> to falsify these uh, these claims, you know. So they got found out, and Murray faces fourteen years plus fines uh, of felony charges and of perjury, forgery, and attempted theft. So again. Fans are doing some pretty crazy things, you know, to... Uh, but we
0: don't know if they're Sugarland fans. I don't know if they're Sugarland fans. We can't claim right. that at this point. They could right. just be some, you know, people who... Yeah,
1: there's some holes in the story right. that really haven't been, you know, flushed out yet. But, um, again, we'll continue to cover, you know, we're continuing to cover this uh, Sugarland thing. And there's all these different, you know, they've paid out a bunch of the uh, claims, uh, you know, thousands of dollars that have already been, you know, paid out to all the different, you know, over... 60, 70 different claims that have been uh, filed. So,
0: On a lighter note, I have some great news.
1: You do? What, what do you got? Yes.
0: Bob Weir of the Grateful Dead yeah? has put together, he's calling it an institute. It's the Tamalpas Research Institute, or better known as TRI Institute.
1: TRI.
0: Yes, and this place is a state-of-the-art performance studio for broadcasting live HD video and audio streams directly to the Internet. TRI is a virtual venue where fans can gather and enjoy the performance in the comfort of their own homes or anywhere they have Internet access. So, I mean, it's supposed to be revolutionary. Each show will be directed, filmed, and mixed live in real time. Um, and, and I mean, just it's you can see videos if you go to uh, tristudios.com, um Man, you can you see actually see a video from Bob Weir on there. And so he's going to start getting artists in there and he's going to start performing it on his own through uh, virtually basically. Wow. So very, very cool and kind of a fun thing to look forward to, you know, um, if more artists begin to start doing this.
1: I think you'll see that that trend. You know, we'll cover this in a little bit further in the uh, in you know, later uh, segment here. But these certain trends. I mean, technology's there, and uh, you know, the the uh, live music experience continues to be more become more social. And what better band, person from a band like the Grateful Dead? I mean, without the Grateful Dead, you you wouldn't have the live music experience that you have today, and especially the community that develop around live music experience. I mean, the the Grateful Dead. They're they're the prototype band, and their fans are the prototype fan community that has really defined like what, you know, what what do, what do fans mean to a band, you know, how do fans define a concert experience? They're, you know, they're uh, they're it, you know. Right. So very cool, very cool stuff. We'll have to keep uh, keep our eyes on on that one. So um, the other uh, other interesting news. You know, there's uh, you concert fans, you you, you got to be careful out there. You know, you, you really gotta be be aware of what's going on. You know, just because you're excited to see your favorite band, doesn't mean that that show is actually going to happen or is actually a real show. And the reason I say this is because uh, in the last couple weeks, there was a fake, Hank Williams and Kid Rock show that was promoted in uh, in Alabama. So someone someone got a little, you know little ambitious, uh, promoter and, uh, sold tickets at a hundred bucks a pop and tried to deceive fans. And again, got, got found out. And again, they're, you know, they're, uh,
0: that's hard. Cause as a fan, how do you figure out that's a fake show? You know, I mean, yeah. how do you, how do you figure that out? I mean, as an artist, you probably don't know that, that someone's put that out there. Right. And as a fan, I mean, how do you prove that it's happening or not? Call the venue yourself. I guess that's all you can do is call the venue yourself. You've had some experiences. I see you You're grinning at me and you're holding up a, a Weezer um, flyer that we got because uh, we kind of ran into the same experience. Yes,
1: you know, and I've been waiting for an opportunity to talk about this on the show because this is ridiculous, you know, and I'm, I'm going to get a little ticked off here because, you know, I feel for the fans, those Hank William fans, those Kid Rock fans, because. Both of those guys put on great shows, and it sucks that the fans have to be the victims of some greedy jerk trying to take advantage of, of that. But um, you know, it looks like there's you know they're working to get the fans uh, you know the money back. But but I had a similar experience, and this isn't the first one I've had. But you know, I'm holding my hand here. A flyer from you know we went to Weezer. We told you guys about Weezer a couple shows uh, a couple shows back. And, you know, we left out an important thing because we were trying to research this. You know, I was trying to look and see and really think through this and, and everything. But, you know, this is a great opportunity because what had happened is that we went to a show uh, a, a night before the Weezer show. And we saw a band at a local, local venue. It was the uh, Goose Island uh, Pub. And uh, we paid our ticket. We paid like 10 bucks to see this, to see this band. And uh, as we paid our money, you know, they had uh, stacks of uh, flyers. There, and they had one that says Weezer. I'm like, oh, cool, Weezer, you know, and we had kind of thought about, you know, going to the show, and, you know, we were like, oh, this is, this is great, you know, and on the flyer, it says, there's a little sticker, and this thing, you know, it's flat, it's really, it's really nice. It's Weezer's logo. It's Weezer's logo. It's got,
0: it says the Congress Theater right on it. Congress
1: Theater, you know, it's got. Congress
0: Theater website. Website,
1: and it's got the ticketfly.com website, so this is, this is really legit. I mean, it doesn't get any more legit looking than something like this. So in this promo code, it had a little promo code, Weezer11ct at congress.com. Receive tickets for 25% off if you use this code. So I was like, yeah, you know. So we got home, you know, uh, later the, you know, the next morning, I go online. I'm like, I'm going to get a good, you know, get a good deal or whatever, you know, and I try to enter this code in there and it doesn't work. It, it fails to, to register. So I call Congress Theater and I said, "Hey, what you know? What's going on with this? How come I can't do it? How come I can't get the the discount?" He says, "We're not aware of anything, any discounts or anything that that's going on. You know, we're not we're not the ones behind this." And so the say, best thing
0: is I actually call the venue.
1: No, that I did. And I called the, the Congress. Well, I know, but theater. if this
0: ever you think that maybe a show could be yeah. fake or you're not sure you you believe it, the best thing to do is call
1: the theater. Yeah, and that was the last thing that I did because. I actually went on Ticketfly.com first and talked with them and told them and described to them, and they're like, "Wow, it sounds like a legit thing." But we don't have any promo codes on record that are giving people free, you know, or 25% off. You know, so Ticketfly said sorry, and they said call the venue. So I called the venue and I said, "Hey, I just talked to Ticketfly, and they said that uh, you know you guys are the ones behind this." And you know, I talked to two or three people at Congress Theater. And they're like, sorry, we have no idea what this is. Hmm. So I'm like, wow, you know, so you're telling me that this is you know, I'm the victim of as a concert fan, uh, to
0: So it sounds like you haven't been switch. the only victim. It sounds no. like there's been plenty, plenty of victims out Ridiculous. there and I, I actually would like to hear from other fans who this has happened to.
1: Yeah, we actually have uh, we have a new live fix concert fan hotline that uh, we're excited to share with you guys. So, we want to hear your stories. So, what you can do is call 773-609-4341. Again, that's 773-609-4341 and tell us your stories. And, you know, let us know how we can get back in touch with you and tell us if you guys have ever been the victims of, you know, a fraud, concert fraud and had to deal with crap like this, this Weezer BS. Because this is ridiculous. Or, you know, things that, uh, you know, like the Frank, uh, the fink, fake uh, Hank Williams show. This is ridiculous. You know, concert fans, we spend our good money. We're there, we're spending our emotional currency at the show. And the last thing that we should be able, that we should have to put up with is fraud. You know, it's like all these other kinds of things. Concert tickets are way more expensive than they should be, anyways. And it's like, don't complicate, you know? So, yeah, now I got that off my chest. Cool. We're able to able to share that. So, segueing into our last uh, our couple last uh, news items here, Ticketmaster has recently now this is this is interesting. This is kind of of a, of a little you know retribution I guess for concert fans. Now I went into my little tirade you know about that, uh, but um, a, a recent settlement with Ticketmaster. Uh, they are emailing fans refunds $2.50 per ticket fans that that paid you know for uh, shows between 2009 and 2010 or 11 I believe and you know they're refunding for uh, service fees that they um, didn't you know fans were not aware of or they got tacked on or whatever so they're actually refunding fans so it's kind of a kind of interesting turn of events you know with that and you know so little by little you know fans have uh you know gotten uh gotten retro- you know retribution and you know some of the uh you know i guess uh, you know the rewards of uh things that have uh, been done to them wrong but anyways, what do we have next here uh jay z jay z uh, colin you you're you're a big fan of jay z
0: yeah right i like jay z i mean
1: mm-hmm. um I think you actually turned me on to Jay Z at one time. I, I can't really remember how, how all that stuff goes, but in any case, Jay Z is making some he's making some history. He's going to be the very first solo hip hop performer to ever perform at Carnegie Hall, so wow. big uh, big big deal. But you know, the reason we share this story is because you know this year him and Kanye West made waves with their you know the Watch the Throne. And the Watch the Throne tour, which, as we'll share with you guys in a little bit here, in the next you know uh, segment coming up here, uh, everybody loved the loved the tour, you know, but the, the but the album didn't get rave reviews, you know, it was a little bit too much on the bling, and it you know got into I, I didn't like it. I mean, did you did you like it, Colleen? What would you no, think of it? No, it
0: wasn't it wasn't their best stuff. I think they could have done a, you know a little bit better. Um, It still amazes me how Jay-Z just, he gets his hands in everything. It just amazes me how, um, you know, he just is able to, fans appreciate him from all walks of life. Um, People just accept him. You know, where someone like Eminem, that guy had to do a lot to be accepted, you know, by his fans and just by, you know, people in general. And so, I I mean, I I would never see, I don't think we'd ever see Eminem playing a card card. Cargony Hall. Am I saying that right? Carnegie Hall? Cargony Hall, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't think that we. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think that we would we would have seen some. I don't know. Jay Z just kind of has that side of him that people respect and, and are willing to um, allow him into stuff like that. And that's huge. That's
1: yeah, huge. Carnegie Hall is a really a royal place. I sure. Mean, you look at the yeah. people who played there, and, you know, they have all different types of. Uh, Genres that are played there. There may be some hip-hop. people that are
0: upset at that too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's going to be an outrage, you know, outrage or outcry about it. Do you think but people are
1: going to be protesting outside Carnegie Hall? I
0: don't know about protesting, but I'm sure Occupy there's some Carnegie people or... that that wow. don't think that maybe that type of music should be played there. You know.
1: Wow.
0: We'll I'm not to... saying I'm one of those, but uh, yeah. you know, I'm just saying that there are people that probably would not appreciate that.
1: Yeah. You know. Who knows? Who knows what's uh, you know what's going to happen? So. Yeah, we got a great show here. We're going to uh, tell you guys we got some predictions for uh, 2011 and uh, next we're going to go into uh, our top uh, favorite shows and experiences and we'll talk a little bit more about some trends and then you know what uh, what some other music writers have, have enjoyed and uh, some of our favorite fan moments because I'll, I'll tell you, 2011 was a different year for me in a large part of what... What I experienced was because of you guys, because of the fans. I really love that music by uh, Hizuki Hatsumi Miku. Sorry, I think that's uh, really glad we discovered her music of the future. Yeah, absolutely. So now we're going to take a little tour around the uh, around the interwebs uh, before we get into our own experiences. Uh, We're going to we're going to take a look at uh, you know what some other music writers have. uh, ranked as their top shows of the year and this is something I love to do each year because it's uh it really puts the whole year in context. You know, really lets uh let's us see like, you know, who what artists made multiple lists and, you know, what artists you guys as fans might want to put on your list for, for twenty twelve as like, you know, must must see. A so, bucket list. Yeah. A bucket 2012.
0: list. Twenty twelve. Well, hopefully you don't die, but Right. Bucket list of concerts to see next year.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh, and there are some interesting trends. You know, like like uh, you know, for example, you know, the music that we were playing there for uh, uh, that you know, virtual uh, performer uh, Hatsumi Miku. Uh, I actually discovered her through uh, reading Tom Thomas Connor of the Chicago Sun Times uh, wrote a really interesting review and uh, listed her or him. I guess you know she's a. Multi. She's not human. She's virtual, so she's multi-gender, or there's only two genders, I guess, right? But uh, he ranked her as a top one because, uh, you know, he said uh, in a, in his review, he says this in theater broadcast of live, of a live performance uh, was both fascinating and unsettling uh, because it was a glimpse, you know, both of those a glimpse into the future, you know. So he uh, it was interesting to hear him, you know, to read that because it shows he you know he's kind of struggling with the, uh, you know, like, what is a live performance, you know? And as we blend technology with the live experience, it's getting harder and harder to really, you know, it's not just uh, three band members on a stage, you know, anymore. You know, the times have changed drastically. And, you know, it's it's impacting how concert reviewers, writers are uh, interacting, you know? And it's, uh, there were a couple of people who wrote about, the uh, you know about Miku and and the whole virtual thing, so it's uh, interesting to see, you know, how uh, writers are struggling uh, with uh, with that. So uh, other bands that that showed up were LCD Sound System uh, on the uh, some some top ones. And what's interesting about LCD Sound System is that you know they played the Madison Square Garden uh, Terminal Five. Uh, they had uh, their final show. They called it quits as March twenty eighth. March 28th, earlier yeah, this year. earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's, you know, I, I remember that, um, you know, news going out about that. They actually ran into some problems with ticker, ticketers and scalpers. They tried to, you know, uh, evade, the, evade the system uh, to, you know, avoid tickets being scalped until the fans wouldn't uh, get screwed over.
0: LCD Sound System, though, is just a great band to, to see live. They put everything into it on stage, and yeah. they uh, their music is just uh, timeless, I think.
1: It is. It is. I remember we saw. I believe the... it's timeless. It is. It is. They uh, they put on a great show at uh, uh, Pitchfork a couple years ago, and uh, it was uh, one of my favorite of the year last year. You know, and um, this one, you know, it was a final show. They were calling it quits. This, this is it. And one of the writers from uh, L Magazine actually said that, um, you know, he didn't know whether or not you know, this was a, uh, a funeral uh, or a celebration, you know, of a great band or it was, the, you know, the ending of, a, of an era. So, again, another writer kind of being vulnerable, emotional about being at that show and, and just kind of being at odds with it, you know, with, with uh, himself, you know, not really knowing, you know, how to how to take that, you know, kind of uh, definitely a mourning, you know, a, a grieving for a music fan going in, going into that, uh, it's it's always fascinating to see that because you don't you don't always see that in a lot of a lot of reviews. It's just this is what happened on stage, blah 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 blah. And I really like this review because it, it lets you see inside. It lets you see inside their heart, their mind, you know, and even into their soul because it was like it was it was hard to look at that, you know. So we we have a whole bunch of uh, uh, other concerts on here, but some other
0: Eddie uh, Vedder. Played uh, his ukulele um, in Hartford uh, on June 18th of this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, he... uh...
0: And some people liked it. Yeah. Some people didn't like it. Um, I guess he amped up his ukulele.
1: Right. And
0: um, so some people were expecting more of the Pearl Jam feeling, and uh, he kind of gave them a different...
1: Different acoustic. I mean, how could you go to a, a, a Eddie Vedder show knowing he's going to play ukulele and expect Pearl Jam? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sorry, but fans, if you're doing that, I mean, you're, you're setting yourself up for some major disappointment, right?
0: Expectations maybe are too high. Yeah,
1: check those expectations at the door. Even, I think
0: Eddie Vedder you know, is going to give us some different stuff besides Pearl Jam in the next, you know, 10, 15 years.
1: Yeah, he's he's talented. He's shown that he's uh, he's in it for the long haul. You know, he's not just uh, living. You know, the Pearl Jam reunion tour kind of thing. I mean, it was twenty years ago as a band, so they were. It was this is celebration year, you know, for for them as well.
0: You know who I'd love to see live in the who? future? Who in the next ten years, Eddie Vedder and Jeff Tweedy
1: doing a, a, a
0: doing an a, album a, together and tour and
1: touring together. Mm-hmm. Wow. Why Why would you like to and see that? And then maybe that?
0: throw like Kanye West in there or something. And throw
1: Kanye West in there. Wow. Do you think that would be good?
0: Yeah. I think that you could, you know, Kanye West what, what, could kind of rap over uh-huh. um, some of the Jeff Tweedy and they could do kind of the vocals mm-hmm. and Eddie Vedder. I think that'd be kind of
1: interesting. <laughs> wow. Wow. Maybe we'll see that. Might to, you know? might
0: be some ego competition. But um, but I think it would be an interesting performance to see.
1: Yeah. now while you're at it, why don't we just throw Hatsumi Miku on the stage too? So you have behind
0: them. Yeah, behind them the doing uh,
1: <laughs> doing the you know the J-pop uh, you know, or uh, K K-pop uh, as they call it, uh, Japanese pop music uh, in there as well. I like the way you think, Colleen. I mean, you you, you got to shake these things up. You know, you really got to shake live performance up because that's music industry is tanking. You know, and people are still struggling. You know, to people meaning the, the music industry, just still, still trying to figure out how do we how do we make some money, how do we do this? Well, duh, hello. Make things interesting on stage, you know? Throw some things Absolutely. together. You know? Throw a little virtual, you know, in, in there, you know? It's it's you, you gotta do that. So so what you guys gotta do is go check out uh you know the show notes here because we have a whole list of other bands that uh some people um could not get enough of Jay Z and Kanye West. You know, you had the uh uh, Watch the Throne album, and then they had the Watch the Throne tour. And what's interesting about that tour is that uh, Greg Codd of Chicago Tribune, he uh, did not like the the album, you know. And there were a lot of other critics that didn't like it. But in reading the concert reviews of those same critics who didn't like the album, uh, the live show was the saving grace, you know. Kind of they were like, wow, this is the album may have not been as great. Uh, as they wanted to, you know, but they, you know, again, had the opportunity to kind of save themselves. So, Greg Cott didn't like the album, but he listed the Watch the Throne tour at the United Center in Chicago in November as one of his favorite shows hmm. of, of, uh, of the year. So, a lot of interesting things there, too. TV on the radio made a lot of lists. Florence and the Machine. Carly, Flaming Lips. I know you, you, I don't know how you did not go to Florence and the Machine. Uh, this year, but it,
0: it took you, you a while have played for me.
1: that's you have played that the the, uh, the dog days are over or whatever uh, so many times. Uh, how, how do we not see Florence in the Machine this year? How, it's, it took me a
0: while to appreciate her music. To be honest, um, I don't think I liked it when I first heard her because I know you listened to her and I I just didn't. It was something that I just didn't catch on to. So maybe next year, yeah. next year that might be on my to see list. Yeah,
1: I, I think uh, I think you do have to definitely get to to a show. Cause
0: Flaming Lips was on there. Flaming, They're always. Flaming
1: Lips was on a lot of the Move Fest,
0: October 29th. They they were talked about all over the the web. And My Morning Jacket, um, at the Auditorium Theater in Chicago, was a, a must see show of this year as well. Yeah. People just, ra- you know, raved about it. So.
1: So what's interesting too is mean, we're we're going to get into this in, j- in just a moment, but um, you know there's it's it's no mistake that these artists are showing up on multiple lists because there's obviously something going on you know, emotionally, uh, people are listening to the albums, they're going to the shows, but, uh, it's, it's not just, it's not just that dynamic. There's obviously something clearly going on on stage. These artists are laying it all out, you know, they're, they're giving, giving it their all for, for these shows and, you know, they're not, they're not pulling any punches, you know, they're, they're
0: presenting something different,
1: they're they're delivering, they're delivering on the show, they're exceeding expectations and, fans are fans are loving it and that reputation is following them you know uh, along and that's why they're having these successful part, large part of these tours so uh, like you said the LCD sound system was on a lot of list uh, tune yards Portishead, head bright eyes a whole bunch of other ones so you guys go check out that um, that list that we have uh, the big uh, r- roundup of uh, best concerts for uh, what other critics we're, were writing about as well so but now we're gonna we're gonna switch gears a little bit and we're gonna go into some of our some of our picks uh, for uh, for the year. So uh, some of our
0: picks and some of our reflections on live music.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, because you're really. I mean, it's one thing to just list a bunch of shows and say these are my favorite. We like to go a little bit deeper. Uh, you know, because I, yeah, you know, I, I, I think it's uh, it, it's super important to go like you know, you spent all this money on shows, like why, like what's the what's the point of it? Who you know who's to say that you know all these shows were good for you you know what do they mean for you in your life so we're we're going to answer some of those questions you know I'm going to we'll, we'll share some uh, some of that stuff now so um I'm just going to list my shows kind of run down the uh my list and then kind of talk about some of them you know in a little bit more detail to kind of tell you guys like well, why did I list these people as my my favorite so and I noticed some interesting trends in putting these lists together some things popped out to me. I was like, "Wow, I didn't really, didn't really think about that." So, here's my here's my list. From uh, there is some order to this, uh, specifically. But again, I don't like lists. Uh, you know, I think you know music. It, it's really hard to rank things because music is an emotional experience, and we're as human beings, we're like super emotional, and you know we have all these complex things going on to to say this is one favorite show, once the other. It's really kind of a weird thing to do, to kind of put yourself in a corner, uh, box yourself up like that. But here's my list. Number one, uh, I'm going to start from the bottom and go up. How about that, right? Uh, One of my favorite shows of the year was uh, Tony Bennett at Ravinia. And then uh, Lissy uh, at um, Laupalooza. And then we have uh, another Laupalooza performer, uh, Manchester Orchestra, Atmosphere. Uh, Mavis Staples, Janelle Monae, and Tune Yards. So, those are the ones. When two thousand eleven was said and done, those are the artists that I kept going back to, playing their albums after the shows, or couldn't stop telling people about them after the show. You know, or when people asked me, "Hey, what'd you do this weekend?" These are the artists that I kept telling people about. You know, it's like, hey, these are the people that changed my life. For you know, I saw them for an hour. And I walked away from the show completely changed and, you know, thinking about life in a different way or, you know, just completely floating euphoric whatever. So, um, yeah, so the, this list, what's, what's interesting too is that uh, I struggled with this list. You know, I struggled a large part through this year, like trying to figure out what did live music mean to me because uh, live music in 2011, my experiences were very different from 2010, and I was like, every show I went to, I was trying to figure out like why, like why do I not feel like I felt last year? You know, why do I? If it felt odd, the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, you know, it has a lot probably to do with you know, 2010 was largely defined by, you know, I I saw Arcade Fire, Ra Riots, you know, a whole bunch of other of other bands, a lot of my my favorite bands. And during that whole year, I was dealing with, you know, the uh, the, the gradual death of my of my dad, you know, and uh, he got sick in January of last year, uh, of of 2010, and eventually, you know, he, he died in uh, in August, shortly after La And live music for me during that time in 2010 was a big, you know, uh, escape. Was an escape mm-hmm. for me, but more than an escape, it was also a way that I coped. It, it allowed me to, um, you know, have shared experiences with people at the show. Because a lot of the shows I went to, I kind of had these random conversations with people, you know, and I kind of had this emotional connection. I, you know, I had this I had this feeling at the show, I wrote it in the review, and then someone would comment on the blog, you know, about it. Like we saw um, Jacob Dillon uh, early in the year, and I, I talked about how, you know, before that concert we had gone in and had, uh, we were visiting my dad, you know, at uh, the hospital or whatever, and then the next day, or I think it was that same day, we went and saw Jacob Dylan, and that show was just amazing for me because it al- allowed me to do that, you know, and that was and that was a pattern throughout 2010. So there was this thing where I would go see my dad or have t- thinking about him, and then I would, then I would go to a concert, you know, and I think that happened at Arcade Fire, happened at Rara Riot, and you know, kept having that throughout 2010, 2011. You know, this past year, um, you know, after my dad died, I really didn't... I still thought about him, and I still thought about those experiences, and I, you know, but it really wasn't... I didn't have that same thing, so I felt kind of odd. You know, I was like, what's going on here, you know? And, you know, I kind of struggled with that throughout the year. Still had some great experiences. You know, all these uh, tune yards. Seeing Janelle, Jan- Janelle Monet at South by Southwest was was amazing. You know, she's a great performer. She will take you to places that other artists... Just can't, and it same for Mavis Staples. Very spiritual, you know, all this kind of stuff. And you know, it's interesting to to think about that. You know, I was like, why? You know, and then I noticed a pattern that most of the people on my list uh, were women, you know, women performers. So I started to think, well, well, that's kind of interesting. Like, you know, we had talked about that early in the year, you know, about women in live music. You know, and you you talked about that, Colleen, about um, you know how uh, women experience live music differently than other people so and I when it came down to it I was just like you know 2011 even though I didn't have those same experiences that I did in in 2010 uh, what I did have immense amounts of pleasure with and joy was seeing concerts and music through the fans perspective so I talked with lots of fans at Lollapalooza I talked with fans of South by Southwest fans at the Metro, all these different concerts, you know, we talked with fans, uh, you guys will hear this later in the show, uh, after K-Flay, uh, at Subtease, you know, talking with uh, two, two ladies after, after that show, um, and I loved seeing music through the fans' experience, through, through what you guys were feeling and thinking, and it is really truly what defined music for me this year was, uh, you know, and I walked away from those shows going, you know, wow, yeah, I, I didn't notice that about, about the show the fans showed me what was most important, and that's the joy that I walked away with. You know, I was like, yeah, this, this And is, I And also, like, I think those fan
0: stories need to be told. Yeah. You know, because yeah. just like any event in history or any event that occurs, you know, it's always... You know, when you're watching the news, you always want to see that person that was there talk about it. You know, not the reporter. The reporter is just there, you know, as a medium. But you want to actually hear what that person who the witness actually saw Mm -hmm. and so that's sort of the same with concerts you know what do those people see when they were there how do they you know feel it and how do they interpret it
1: all right colin what uh what were some of yours for uh top shows of the year that uh made your list
0: i had a few i had a few um they're not in any order at all um i loved weezer that was a great that was a great show um, Kid Cudi at Lollapalooza, um, was awesome, uh, minus the mud, you know, the mud was, was pretty nasty, but other than that, I mean, he sounded awesome. Not a
1: big fan of the mud, are you? N- no,
0: no mud for me. And then Tony Bennett was also a favorite of mine. It was kind of a last minute concert decision, but it was well worth it. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely a legend, legend to see live, um, Mavis Staples was also one on my top Top list here of concerts and Vanity Theft, which a lot of the audience Vanity may not, Theft, yeah. yeah. A lot of the audience. May I didn't not know anything of,
1: about them, but you know, I I got to know them really well. I had a lot of respect for them. Yeah,
0: yeah I mean, they played. They played, you know, good good set and um, good they, discovery we made. A, yeah, they're a great kind of up and coming band. And Fishbone, which was yeah. my, like my top favorite at the Bottom Lounge. Yeah. So, I mean, they played, they, they definitely reminded me of The Roots when I when I heard them play, because they, they have a lot of, Roots were um, very much influenced by them, and you can tell. It's yeah. Kind of the rock and roll, but with the horns.
1: Right, and they've been recently in the news, you know, about the whole, uh, you know, their song, uh, Lying Ass Bitch, uh, The Roots played that, because of the house band for Jimmy Fallon, and they opened up the, they walk, had the welcome music for uh, Michelle uh, Bachman uh, came in, and, um, you know, they played that song, so... We actually have a little clip that we'll play for you guys uh, in just a bit here about <laughs> about that, but uh, yeah.
0: And, and I noticed in, in,
1: interesting selection, Kyle. Yeah. I don't think I entirely yeah. expected you to uh, to pick those. So what what made you wanna what, what what why do those show up on your top ten list?
0: Well, Weezer, I think, is kind of a you know I grew up with Weezer. I grew up listening to Weezer, loved you know a lot of their their songs, and still love some of the new stuff that they come out with. So they're just mm-hmm. kind of a, a piece of my history. You mm. know, so that that piece of that your history,
1: like, what well, in what way? What, what do you mean?
0: It, you know, it's it, there's songs that I, especially the Blue Album. I mean, that that was a time when I was growing up and and learning about life, and uh, it was a time when grunge was kind of happening, and I was sort of into the grunge scene, but they're sort of a poppy or grunge kind of. Uh-huh. Um, but well, that's what I categorize them as. Sure. Um but and I just I, I can just remember I can look back and remember certain instances when I listened to it and certain friends around me, um certain experiences that I was having you know well when they came out so mm-hmm. it brought me back to those places listening to them because they did do their whole blue album.
1: Yeah, that's, that cool. that show was all about uh, you know they were actually coming back because they played earlier in the year and they they left the fans up to you know they left it up to the fans to decide do they want to hear Pinkerton. Or the blue album, and fans voted for the blue album, so they played it. They actually played two sets. Yeah, I don't. Know if, I, don't know if, I don't think we mentioned that, but they played two sets.
0: And they, you know, they were coming off of the death of their one of their um, old guitarists. Yeah, Mickey Welsh. and uh, so yeah, he, they, died, he died uh, in Chicago. Died, yeah, you know, the, the day before the show, so they actually found him that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, you know, it, there was just a lot, a lot involved in that show. So, um, and they did do some, you know, they talked a little bit about him on stage, not much, but they did sort of a tribute to him, you know, on stage.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Kid Cudi, you know, that was just a very energetic, there's a lot of people there. I think he could have probably fit on one of the bigger stages. Because right. there were just so many people going out to see him, but they had him in like a little tent kind of area, which right. um, Perry I, think stage, I think made it the Perry the, stage. The, the,
1: the tent, yeah, it, it was overflow, definitely.
0: Yeah, which I think it made it a good experience because there was more people.
1: The mud hill at the back, too. We, uh, You said you didn't like the mud people, but I sure know you got uh, a whole lot of pleasure watching people try to slide up the uh, the hill.
0: Yeah, the mud like created slides. The mud hill. So people the were... back of the Kikuddy
1: stage. So if you were at Lollapalooza... And you know this. We actually have a video of this posted on the blog that you guys can check out. Kind of a little social experiment that we did. But, Kellen, you you may not have liked the uh, the mud at Kid Cudi, but you sure got some fun... Watching people watching fall. Watching people fall.
0: Yeah, I, I would is, have people watch, I would Do you think say. that
1: added to your enjoyment of Kid Cudi? It could have. It influenced I, it? I, I'm not going to... We, we were far back. We weren't in the tent. Right. We, we couldn't get as close as we wanted it, to. It could
0: have, you know. Um, I don't know. It could have. It's possible.
1: So the pain of other concert fans falling down gave me pleasure the and whole increased
0: your I think your the show. whole experience, because you know, people were trying to walk through the mud, and, and just the whole experience was just surreal. Something you, you don't know? see every and day, so, right? Yeah, and so I think, <laughs> you know, yeah, all that. You, you can't not think that some of that played a role in, in why I remembered it and, and enjoyed it. Absolutely. I'll, yeah. I'll agree with you on that one. <laughs> Um, but some of the other things that I've sort of noticed, and I know you talked a little bit, you reflected a little bit on this year. Yeah, you, you got you it. You, we about, see so, it's
1: ridiculous how much music we see, and, and you got to make sense of it, you know?
0: And, and I, I like to, um, to, to people watch, I like to see, you know, the trends within the fans and sort of what, why people are enjoying music, why people are enjoying live music, um, and all that. So some of my. My reflections were that um, cuz I was I was struggling a little personally, you know you talked you talked a little person about some personal stuff. So I, I feel like I need to hey, to add to that. Live um, music is is personal
1: <laughs> whether or not people want to admit that. Well, live music is a personal thing and it it only gets better when you when you you come clean, you know? That's, well,
0: I think yeah. for me I did not enjoy this year as far as live music. I mean there were areas, there were times when I enjoyed the live music, there were hmm. times when I When I enjoyed music, there were times when I clearly didn't. Now, is is that because of maybe some life stress that is occurring in my life? I don't know at the time. But I I do know that I noticed some trends. And one that was um, quite disturbing, I should say, for me is that it just seemed like a lot of artists were not giving it their all this year when they were on stage. Mm. I just felt like there was a lot of robotic um, gestures, robotic performances Wow. There wasn't a lot of just
1: kind of just going through the motions. Yeah, there Not wasn't really... just a
0: lot of like giving it huh. their all, and um, there was a few. There was a few artists that were doing that, but to me, that's what makes a live show for me is when I see that there's a, there's a band that's going to give them the their all, and I'm watching. I'm just i I'm just someone watching them give their all. That's huge for me, and I and I just didn't see that this year.
1: Well, I mean, you think about it too with how many fans or how many bands we see. And how much you know, the proliferation of technologies allowed people to be anybody. Everybody's got a band, you know. And and there's more bands that exist now, I think, than there ever has been in the history of music. So, you you put that out there, and you probably the the ratio of great performances to lackluster performances, you know, you're, we're gonna weigh probably on the heavy on the the bad side of a lot of these bands. They haven't they haven't cut their teeth. They haven't gotten their chops down, you know, figuring that out, and that, that probably paid. Played a factor in some of your, you know, you're you're looking for some top end stuff, but um, you know, some some more mature performances, emotionally mature performances, and artists, and maybe that maybe that uh, you know,
0: I don't know that if it necessarily it. has anything think? to do with maturity. Yeah. Because I think I thought Odd Future gave it their all and there was they
1: You're talking about to from some an, extent, from, an, from an energy standpoint from an
0: energy standpoint from a performance from a musical like standpoint from all of those things you mm. know and uh, um so yeah I mean I, I I just feel like I wish I hope next year we see more of that that's yeah. that's one of the hopes and maybe it's what bands I'm picking to see and that that could be the case that could very much be the case um, so I'm going to look at that. And the next piece I'd like to do uh, more, and I'm reflecting on more, is that I really did not see a lot of shows this year with friends.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, um, you and I went, you know, went to a lot of stuff, um, but we just really didn't have any friends around us, or at least I didn't have any friends, but you had some friends around you for some of these shows, but um, I think that changes things for me. You know, yeah. if there's some friends that are experiencing those those moments with you, and um, I've had a lot of friends who've had sort of some life changes and things like that, so they're not they're not really into music as much anymore, so I just didn't have a lot of friends to, to pick from that wanted to go to festivals and things like that. But I'm going to plan on getting some more music-inclined friends, friends that really appreciate music and, and are willing You're, to... you're valuing
1: the, the concept of, um, you know, live music as a communal experience. I mean, you're, you're, you're a huge yeah. Grateful Dead fan, and I think that has a large thing to do with it you know large
0: absolutely factors
1: into it you know
0: absolutely every time you'd go to a Grateful Dead show it was not just to see the band it was to see your friends you know right. it was to see the community that was created around that and um and, and I miss that I you know and I don't know if that will ever come again or I, I don't know some of the festivals I think are more like that but um you know I, I I'm a big I'm a big person that um enjoys uh, relationships you know women do women always know relationships and so if I can have my relationships exist within the music that I love man that's like that's that's plus you know that's extra it's like extra credit it's more um, and so I, I hope to do that more this year and um, so I think those are my two big reflections one of my goals I guess this year is that I want to find music that anywhere I want to find some some undiscovered music and I want I want to be able to, you know, feel the music. I want the I want to see the bands feel the music that they're creating, and I want to capture that in some way in my ph- photography. Hmm. So that's that's sort of a goal that, that I have, and um, and I think is very possible. It's a very possible goal, feasible goal,
1: right.
0: and um, and what we call in the 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 counseling community a smart goal. Smart goal. So smart goals are um, measurable. So, think,
1: so do you think concert fans should should actually set goals? that they would have more beneficial, more uh, memorable experiences if they actually set goals throughout the year? Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I think they huh. should set goals in their personal lives, but I, I do think if they set some sort for, of for concert long, viewing
1: goals, yeah, concert yeah, goals, that's not
0: a bad thing. I, huh. I mean, if you're spending that much money really on I never thought of that before. If you're spending that much money on, on something, I mean, why, why not? You know, if you want to see KISS live in concert, you know, I mean, you, you, you want to be able to see, you know, set goals... Um, you know, smart goals are specific, measurable, obtainable, realistic, and timely.
1: When you said kiss, you're talking about the band? The band Kiss. Kiss. Okay. Yes.
0: Yeah, so you know, if you if you want to be able to set, you know, see certain bands or things or you want to spe- you know, spend so, SMART, so much
1: money. So smart stands for something. It's it's an acronym. Yes. I,
0: yes, smart or er, specific, measurable, obtainable, realistic, and timely. Uh. Oh. So there's a lot of research based on those setting goals um, in that format, and and a lot of people do it. So it wouldn't hurt to to do that if you you, you know want to have a great live music experience this next year in 2012.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's probably something really new. I mean, a lot of people they have spontaneous things, but I know a lot of fans that plan road trips. You know, the Grateful Dead, people who follow Fish. I mean, you're planning things out the whole year. You're planning, you're buying tickets ahead of time. People are buying tickets right now for Lollapalooza, Sasquatch. You know, uh, Coachella, you know, Bonnaroo, they're all buying stuff right now. So they could actually plan out, maybe people already do smart, concert fans already do the smart goal setting, they don't even know it. But if you're more intentional about it, you think people could have more,
0: you know, another goal could be, another goal could be, do you want to meet people? You know, do you want to meet Mm. 10 people this year, new friends, you know, at concert shows that share the same interest? You know, what does that look like? You know, do you have to approach them, or do you, how does that work? So, I mean, those are the kind of things, you know, do you want to, you know, actually meet some of the band members? Do you want to meet, you know, do you want to start playing music yourself? What does that look like in the context of going to Coachella, right? So, those are some things to think about, concert fans.
1: I think I'm going to start some I'm going to set some of my own uh, smart goals. This is kind of interesting you know I think uh, anytime you can formalize something and take something to another level and really make it your own and like own it it, it just you know whether it's concerts, life, job, relationships, all this other kind of stuff I mean've just I've seen it hands down it's just it adds more meaning and its, it's uh, you, get, you get more out of it you know and in an economy right now, I mean if you want to get more bang for your buck you can actually make your concert experiences more meaningful by saying, you know, I'm spending 50 bucks to go see this band and I'm going to do these amount of things. And it's, you're actually, you know, you're getting more out of your experience than just going, experiencing, escaping all kind of stuff, which is kind of a new thing for concert fans. But I think it's something worthy of, uh, of experimenting. So very, very cool. We're going to, we're going to explore that topic a little bit more. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we'll set some smart goals for ourselves, but, uh, We're uh, we're gonna move on. Uh, We got uh, next uh, segment coming up for you guys is uh, fan experiences, and we're gonna hand you off here to uh, a little snippet from uh, the Fishbone show, that uh, one of Colleen's favorite uh, shows of the year, one of the last ones that we saw together uh, in 2011. So uh, here uh, here's Fishbone.
0: This one's
1: for Bachman, that's right. They busted out. The Roots busted it out. Jimmy Fallon showed. Fishbowl and Secret Weapon of the Roots, don't you love it? And show was right on time, too. show 2011 was defined by the fans and as you guys will see these these stories are really what what defined fans uh for us and uh, what the fan experience was in in 2011 so we're we're going to start out with uh the the fact that the, the Foo Fighters and and Dave specifically Dave Grohl he knows how to he he understands they understand their fans it, it's clear to see uh numerous times during the year we we uh, reported um you know how the Foo Fighters were connecting with their fans. Dave Grohl actually kicked one of the fans out. They were fighting at an iTunes Festival. Uh, then later in the year, you know, they released a uh, really awesome documentary about how the uh, Foo Fighters were hosting a garage uh, contest where they they would you know fans would submit a uh, entry and the documentary captured uh the the Foo Fighters playing in these fans garages and the documentary is awesome it, uh, you guys should totally check it out uh it really summed up you know what uh what fans specifically Foo Fighters fans experience uh you know during a show and why the Foo Fighters are are definitely one of one of the best bands when it comes to playing for their fans and really just celebrating that that whole experience really really cool stuff so what else we got we have uh, 2011 was just was just jammed with with stuff. We had uh, two fans that got married at Bonnaroo, uh festival, so really? that was that was a really cool story to hear about. Uh, they tied the knot.
0: I wonder how they're st- if they're still doing okay or if they go to live music shows together.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're actually going. to... Is the
0: ring made out of a ticket?
1: I uh, f- I don't know, I don't know. A wristband, yeah. I guess the wristband. Yeah, would wristband, be better. yeah. Well, you know, I do. Or maybe tattoos. Yeah, maybe a tattoo ring. Sometimes rings, you can
0: right? find a tattoo artist in the you know, out in the um, the Bonnaroo tent fest
1: <laughs> parking lot. Right, you just, you you never know. So two fans got married at Bonnaroo. I, I love that story. Uh, you know, the other thing was, you know, we started experimenting with, uh, or continuing our experiment, uh, kind of deeping it a little bit uh, on Twitter. So we came across some really great fan tweets, uh, fans, you know, getting emotional about Justin Bieber, about uh, who else, um, uh, who else was on there? Uh, Bieber, Jonas Brothers, um, top people that were tweeting, uh, or, uh, artists that made into the fans were tweeting about the concerts were uh, Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift. Um, who else? Gaga. Uh, uh, yes, Lady Gaga, Little Monsters. Uh, you know, that's it's, it's, Twitter is giving rise to this uh, outpouring. Uh, you know, this outlet that fans have, specifically fans that you know, you can go right to. You know, write to the artist. You can at at message them. Some fans are really... Some artists are good at getting back to them, but nonetheless, fans are expressing themselves. And 2011 was full of experiences on Twitter that fans that you wouldn't ordinarily get a chance to do because you go to the show, and a lot of times, you know, you're just looking at people, and, you know, you just see the external. You don't see what's going on in their heart and their mind. And Twitter allows you to get in there and, like, really see it and connect with them. So I had tons of awesome conversations back and forth with fans on Twitter. You know, while I was, I was at a show at Pitchfork, I was talking to someone who was experiencing experiencing a show in New York and we were able to connect our experiences. So I think Twitter is going to continue to be an amazing tool and we're going to talk about some other tools too that um, will evolve and allow concert fans to connect and share more experiences. And if bands and promoters and concert venues and the music industry, live music industry as a whole is really paying attention, that Twitter... Is going to be something that they can use more than you know, just a promotional tool. You know, you can actually use it as a really social fan engagement opportunity. Like it's it's huge, and it's still still yet to be explored and really fully realized with that. So the other thing that we that we did this year was um, we had uh, there was a, a blind fan, u uh, two. Uh, brought up on stage a, a fan who was blind but knew all, you know, uh, played guitar with Bono, you know, on stage. So that was, that was one of my favorite stories, you know, of having, uh, you know, having that experience, um, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, I mean, what it, what it would be like to have, uh, have, that, have that time on, on the show, you know, or have that time, you know, during a show. If you were, if you were blind, would you be able to play with Bono on stage? you know i just you know was thinking about that so lots of uh lots of interesting things and um you know we had a 100 a fan who made a movie about uh seeing 100 bands you know in a in a row uh was
0: which is an you know great movie if you, if you haven't seen it yet you know yeah you can watch um i think can you get it online or
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's able for release yet, but uh we'll have links to that, you know, in the uh in the show notes. So it's uh really, really cool to see that. And who could forget the fan, you know, Chris Brown threw off his Rolex watch into the crowd and one fan actually returned it. Uh gave it back to uh to Chris Brown. So really cool with that. Uh good good stuff to uh you know kind of go back and see all these experiences kinda of together, you know, millions of fans Having all these different experiences, we, we could have so many different shows about, about all this stuff, and we're gonna we're gonna try and get uh, some of these fans on the show to talk about who uh, you know who they are and you know how what that moment uh, you know was like. And one of my favorite, probably my favorite moment of the whole year was uh, the Harry Potter moment. <laughs> at Pitchfork and I was in the photo pit and uh waiting for Das Racist uh, to start and lo and behold uh, a fan starts a Harry Potter chant he says I you know I say Harry you say Potter Harry Potter and uh the, the crowd started to yell you know back and forth it's and amazing
0: what fans can get other fans to do
1: right, right. that always
0: amazes me you know, I mean, how? What do, you, what do you? How
1: far do you think we could push this? Like, what do you? How? What do you think? You could get a a, a crowd of fans to do?
0: Probably to say anything that I'd want them to say. You know, but I, I don't know if. I mean, it's amazing how people change when they're at live shows. You know, their their morals. What do you mean? Change? Well, just their morals change. I mean, I I well, I'm looking back and thinking of the Weezer concert we were at. Mm-hmm. I and mean, people were pushing each other. I mean, literally, just like pushing each other, and they're they're trying to mosh and stuff like that, and they're actually pushing each other. So,
1: yeah, yeah, it's really uh, you know very interesting to. I always wondered. You know, we talked with Gideon, who is the uh, uh, the fan behind that. We asked Gideon, you know, have you done any other experiments? He actually does experiments at show other shows. So we're not alone in in this uh, in this quest. So it was great to connect with Gideon. We had him on the show and we asked him about it. So we're gonna again we'll have links to all these all these shows. You guys can go back and you can you can see just how amazing and fun and creative that your fellow concert fans have been, you know, this year. And again it's
0: And you know what I think a, the hard awesome. thing part of the hard thing is too is that you, you miss stuff. You know, we, we can only search and through so much. And so if you if there's something we missed about twenty eleven that you think is important to talk about yeah, in, in regards to live music, you know, please again uh call our number. We have a hotline, a live fix hotline. Yeah, the number and, is uh
1: what do you you wanna read it off? <laughs> I'll read it off. It's seven seven three six zero nine four three four one. So it's uh
0: So I mean there's some things we yeah. probably missed and you, in a, and I hope that twenty twenty twelve we do not miss anything to do with live music, but I'm sure we will. And I'm sure there's local live music stuff that happens all the time that we just don't, it doesn't become national news, so we don't hear about it. And we'd love to, people in other states and and cities and other countries, um, we'd love to hear your experience. One of my favorite concerts that we, you know, favorite fan moments, I should say, Mm -hmm. um, is when we were um, at the... Egypt show. They, I'm trying to think of the band. Uh, Mass, massive Scar era. Yeah,
1: Massive Scar uh, era.
0: Yep. When we were there, and um, we just, it was amazing to see how um, the fans um, reacted to they how they reacted to the stage. And there was it was interesting because it was a it was actually a festival. Right? It was a festival.
1: Abedifest? Uh, uh, Fest. Yes.
0: And, I mean, the fans just really... That was a fun I mean, You festival. could tell that they were there to hear good music. And if you weren't going to give them good music, we'd have some problems, some brawls. Yeah, so, yeah, they were hungry. Um, they were very serious about live music. Hungry really wanted fans. music. And I think that's going to sort of be my, my you know, tune, I guess, in 2012, is that I'm going to expect more from the bands and want more And expect more from fans, and um, and if it's not out there, and if it's not good music, um, I'm going to expect myself to create the good music.
1: So you're going to create the music. My new
0: 2012 mantra, and maybe longer than 2012, but that's Uh it's going to start in 2012. That if I'm not happy with the music that's created, I'm going to create my own, and I encourage all fans to do that.
1: Yeah, you guys got the tools, you have the experiences, uh, you know, and don't wait don't wait for us don't wait for the live music industry because you know as we've said uh numerous shows here you know and kind of one of our goals is to really show the live music industry that uh they would not exist if it weren't for the fans and i know that they say that a lot you know but sometimes it really doesn't like i don't really feel that they're they're really truthful in that cuz you know how how do you know how does someone show that they're serious they show with their wallet or they show with their money you know they show with actual change and all these different things and uh there, there's a lot of things that could uh could show me that they're 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 serious but a lot of times you know it's it's not the case so you as the fans you guys have a lot of power uh you have you know all these these social media tools and things like that that you could begin to start to connect you know who, who knows you know maybe we're gonna see you know we're gonna i guess we're, we're just gonna go segue right into it you know future future trends, you know, we're, this is our, our future trends, uh, segment, uh, but what's happening with, you know, we've talked about Occupy Wall Street and we talked about how music is changing that, uh, you know, that whole, you know, movement and, you know, the role it's playing in there and all that kind of stuff, changing fans from active participants to, you know, what we call looky Loos, people that are just consumers and just kind of on their heels, just experiencing without interacting kind of thing like that. So you use the fans you know, uh, you have the opportunity maybe to create, you know, may- maybe we start a movement about, you know, Occupy concert venues, you know, and the Occupy movement starts to move into something where fans stop going to shows, you know, and they start demanding certain things from from venues or from promoters, bands, things like that, because you guys ultimately have have the say, you know, and in, in that, it's, it's not in the artist's hands, uh, artists would not they might be be able to play at empty venues, uh, for for too long. I mean,
0: when you go to Starbucks, you expect a certain type of coffee. When you ask, when you order a mocha, yeah, you expect a mocha. Yeah, and I, and I think sometimes we as, you know, as fans, um, we follow other friends in venues, or we you know we see the uh-huh. name of the band and we say, oh yeah, I'm gonna get tickets, and when we get there, it's like. You know, they're not really great. So I think I think you're right. I think you have to be picky and choosy, and I think good music should speak loud. Right. You know.
1: Yeah, and talk about the bands that are really delivering on that, you know, and, and really doing a great example of, you know, like there's a lot of great social media tools out there, and, you know, we're going to get into right now one of the trends that we're going to continue to see uh, is this awesome thing that, you know, Google+, the new social network, that uh, Google just launched, uh, fantastic. I, I've, we've been doing a bunch of different experiments on it. And there's a uh, there's a function on there that you can you know, call Google Plus Hangouts. It's basically kind of like Skype. Uh, it's a video chat uh, function, totally free. All it takes is to get a Google uh, Gmail account up and running. And uh, what we're going to be doing in 2012 is hosting uh, exclusive uh, chats with you guys. You know, And inviting actually, the new artists.
0: Galaxy phone has... Um, the Google Plus option,
1: right? Any any phone, yeah. Outs. You can do it. You can take a. You don't have to have a Galaxy phone though, too. You can do it. Any you know, if you have an iPad, anything that has a camera uh, on it, you know, it's basically um, you have your video and you have you can fit up to like nine people in a in a chat. So we're gonna put together some concert fan chats about experiences uh we're going to invite some people into the into those chats that um you wouldn't ordinarily get a chance to talk with you know or or hang out with uh whether it be a fellow fan or a promoter or somebody you know who's a big decision maker at a at a venue or whatever so um Google Plus Hangouts I think are have one of the greatest opportunities for bands to interact with fans and also for fans to kind of band together and you know create a movement you know or create some type of you know, uh, energy and, and community around, you know, their experiences. Um, there's a, a lot of good things that can happen with that. So Google Plus Hangouts. Uh, again, we'll have links to, to these things so you can learn more about them. Um, and, Calling you kind of kind of segued us already. You know, mobile, uh, you've been playing with a, a really cool app that you actually turned me on to. We've been talking about Foursquare for part of the year, and then towards the end of the year, you you turned me on to, uh, was a Scavenger?
0: scavenger yes
1: um what what is t- tell me tell me about that because i I think it's really cool you're were, we are were, we were on the road a couple of weeks ago and uh, you were playing around with it and kind of really showing me you know what uh what it is and there's some there's some cool live live music things F- you can absolutely. do absolutely
0: scavenger is um, spelled s c v n g r and it's the concept, sort of like Foursquare, where you can check in at places and get points. You get more points if you take a picture when you check in. Same thing as you know Foursquare. But there's also something called Trex. And it basically is a virtual um, scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. And a couple of the scavenger hunts that they have is the Chicago Music um, venue scavenger hunt. Yeah. J- there's a jazz one that someone just put up. Mm-hmm. And so you follow these tracks, and when you get to the track, you actually check in. And you get points, but you you actually complete. They're called tracks. You can p- complete tracks, mm. um, and they're they're all over the Chicago. They they keep adding daily. So you could discover um,
1: new music venues. New music venues. And Wicker like,
0: Park has their own,
1: right? And
0: apparently, you kind of go into the different venues in Wicker Park, and you go into different theaters. And
1: I mean, there's like multimedia places. things in there. Like you have you're showing me the, like your YouTube videos because Foursquare is kind of limited in some ways. I mean, you could still discover things and it's cool to follow people and you unlock badges and stuff like that but what I like about Scavenger and some of these other ones you know is that it's incorporating there's
0: actually facts
1: multimedia Mm -hmm. it's like educating you about the context of that and that's what that's what we've always said with like Live Fix is that the concert experience becomes more meaningful to you as a fan when you understand like what how did that venue get there how did you know what's historical significance of that and that's what I like about the Scavenger is that it uh, it heads you, heads us in that direction, you know, and it it mixes YouTube videos and pictures, and it and it allows you to take action and like share your experiences with with other fans, so that you're not the only one that has this knowledge. You can you can share it, you know, and you can have more people get to the venues. Great opportunity again for venues to promote, you know, their uh, their location, bands, again, just like Google Plus. There's a lot of ways you guys can can use these things i think it's 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 a trend that is you know mobile has become totally ingrained in our culture and it's massively impacting how we experience live music so huge mm-hmm. thing so you got scavenger and what else we were going to talk about um oh you were you were showing me something about uh the rise of the i-bands
0: Yes. Yeah, there is a huge uh, you know there's just a ton of bands out there and um they're calling themselves um you know uh one is called the Michigan i i band chorus um iPhone no iPhone chorus um and they've actually a, hu- a full chorus that only plays their i their iPods mm. um and they ha- they have a whole they do a whole concert, wow. just with their iPads and using the different instruments on their iPads and noises. Wow. Um, there's also a kind of a movement, um, a place. North Point Church, Community Church did a whole concert with Christmas music using their iPads, iPhones. That was wild, iPads. man! You showed me
1: some of that video footage. Um, of that. It's they, pretty sweet. They were
0: using. I mean, you can get the keyboard on your, <laughs> you know, your iPad. You can get a guitar. You can get. Um, Morocco's they had. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy what instruments bells they had, um, instruments and stuff that they can play with their, their iPads. Yeah, if you guys so have, people are, I mean, it's a concert. You yeah, don't need a voice. Yeah, if you guys point. have
1: experienced one of these iBand concerts, we'd love to hear you know from you. Again, here's that number for the uh, for the hotline to call in and let us know seven seven three six zero nine four three four one. We want to hear if you guys have had some of these iBand concert experiences. I think just it's another thing, you know, we've been looking at like interactive interactivity between the band and the fans and stuff like that. And again, this is the like, this is a really exciting time in history that that we're in because of all this mobile technology and it's allowing us, you know, some people think that, you know, live music is just, you know, should be boiled down, should be simple guitars and all that kind of stuff. Well that's that's ridiculous, you know. There's all these things that are really allowing us to become more engaged in the actual performance. And just because you're staring at, your, at a screen, you're not looking up, doesn't mean you're not engaged. So things like iBands and the iPads and the mobile stuff, you know, we, we've looked at all these different technologies and mobile apps that are actually allowing concert fans to be more engaged because that's the future. You know, that's, you know, it's mixing, you know, what we've known in the past, you know, up until now in concert history with where we're at right now. And, like, we're, we're, we're in a pretty exciting time. You know, to, all these things are really changing what a concert means. You know, it's evolving like as we speak. We're living in the midst of it right now. So, if you've seen an iBand concert, or you you know you've uh, put one together, promoted it, or you have ideas, you're experimenting in your own home with you know concert footage, and you're mixing these things together, and you're making it a part of your concert experience. Let us know. Um, we'd love to love to have you guys on the show. This this stuff is... It Another gets me excited. Another
0: great um, fan app that, that, that I totally... I mean, I listen to it all the time is TuneIn Radio. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if you get a chance, please, um, you know, download that because you can, you can listen to uh, music from all, all over the world. I mean, literally all over the world. And it's free. It's absolutely free. And um, you can download it on Android apps and iPad apps and iPod apps, you know, Mac apps, so...
1: Yeah, really cool stuff. So those are those are two things, you know, The uh, you know, we want to pass along these little mobile apps because we, we use these at shows. We uh, we use those while we're going to shows. You know, we listen to tune-in radio, um, you know, in the car, getting ready, you know, for the show afterwards on the drive home. Uh, you know, we experiment with Scavenger, with Foursquare, all these different little mo- really cool mobile apps that allow us to connect with other fans. So we want to tell you guys about those so you can start to get, uh, you know, Get in with them and start playing around with them too, and kind of sharing the fun and everything. So we'll have links to those uh, those apps so you can get them, and they have them. Uh, are those both available, Android and I- iPhone? Yes. Right?
0: They're both available in both
1: and... equal markets, right? Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll have all those uh, set up for you guys so you can you can check them out and uh, let us know, you know what you think. So um, we're uh, we're coming to the end. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get you guys. Ramped up for uh, you know some of our predictions. All right, now it's time to look into the uh, Live Fix Crystal Ball. Colin, you got the uh, crystal ball warmed up there?
0: Yes, all right. it's all ready.
1: All right, good ask, good. ask me some questions. I will. I will. I I just want to say real quick, I really liked. Uh, I mean, that just listen to the Weezer clip coming back. I sorry, I was a little, I was a little distracted. I was kind of back in the Congress Theater there for a little bit, but um, but I, I'm ready to, I'm ready to do some uh, predictions. So I'll get this kicked off first. First thing that I think is going to happen. Is that uh, you know we're talking about uh, uh, what's her name the uh, or his name or its name or whatever the uh, Hatsumi Miku and Hatsumi Miku is going to set a major trend in the uh, the Western uh, Western world. So we're going to see our very first you know Jay Z is going to break the ice over at Carnegie Hall uh, in uh, in uh, February and uh, we're going to see our very first. I predict that we will we will see our very first virtual artist. Uh, grace the stages in the United States. And, and fans will flock. What do you think the name you know? will be? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I You're asking me for specifics? Virtual Jagger? These are, these are predictions. They're supposed to be general things that could happen in any... You know, you're going to ask me for specifics? Amy
0: Virtual? You never ask Virtual a tarot card reader or a
1: seance person for specifics. It's supposed to be very general, so it looks like it actually happens. You know, It might be... Yeah, it might be... Uh, might, we, we might see... Um, you know Jim Morrison or Elvis, you know, kind of like resurrected, you know, from the dead or something like that. But I think it's going to be something not like that. It will be a virtual artist that we've never seen before. Somebody maybe from outer space that's been watching concerts from from afar, you know? Because they actually sent like concerts all the way out into the Beatles' music out into the out in the space to like. Okay, you're starting to scare me. What?
0: Trying to scare me a little bit with some of these predictions. You asked me for specifics. I, I'm gonna get back to Who a asked? really basic prediction. I believe that in twenty twelve yeah. we are gonna have more internet concerts.
1: More internet concerts. Okay. So what, what do you mean by well, that?
0: Well what I, what I think is you're gonna be able to watch more <laughs> concerts live on, on on your computer. Yeah. But not only on your computer, but also on your flat screen TV. In three D? I don't know about 3D, but you're going to be able to watch it live, and I predict that people are going to start having, instead of a Super Bowl World Series party, they're going to have a concert party at their house.
1: Oh, so you think the the, the Super Bowl is going to be competing uh, uh, for for eyeballs, for viewers?
0: Yeah, I think there, there's, there's
1: a lot of money in people, that, I believe. People getting sick of watching the football, and, and the main event is going to be a concert. Possibly. Possibly. Wow. Okay.
0: And I actually think... I'm going go to I'm gonna go as far as to say... Is that going to
1: happen in the first quarter gonna, first quarter of the year? Or when do you think that's going to happen? I think towards the end. Towards the end, of course. Middle,
0: towards the end. Of course. You know, I, I think that
1: is. You I'm must be go Mayan. Far, you must be Mayan.
0: Well, I'm going to go as far as to say that I think they're going to exclusively have it so that you can only see it that way. Uh-huh. That there's not really an audience there, but that it will be filmed in a studio... You know, where the artist will play for the the, the people that are watching. And that's it. Okay. You know, you you, you can't go to the show. It's actually going to be virtually from a
1: studio. Hmm. So. All right. We'll have to wait and see. You know, my my next prediction is that, you know, with all this Occupy stuff going on, you know, Occupy Wall Street and all these different cities uh, picking up speed and, you know, it's kind of – going in different directions, more artists are getting involved, you know, and the fans are turning from, you know, what we've been calling, you know, Lukey e. lose people that are just passive entertainment type of, you know, fans versus fans that are becoming active participants in the music, you know, all this other kind of stuff, so I think there's going to be, my, my prediction is that there's going to be some type of Occupy concerts, or Occupy venues, you know, um, Ticketmaster, Live Nation, they can, you know, refund people for service fees for the last two years, all they want, but I think you can't keep fans, you can't keep treating fans the way that that uh, they've been doing it. You know. Uh, so you believe
0: there's going to be kind of like an
1: uprising? There'll be an uprising, against. yeah, so of of some sort. Something will start, and if it doesn't, it shouldn't. So if you're a fan, you're listening to this, or you've been participating in the Occupy movement, we'd really love to hear your thoughts. You know, on that. We've been, you know, like we said, we've given you guys. Um, you know we have a, a live fix hotline that we have now. So go ahead and give us a buzz. You know it's 4341 We want to hear what you guys think. You, you know you think there's going to be some kind of occupy movement uh, for the concert industry for for the fans. Uh, if you think there should be or shouldn't be, we want to hear. We'd love to hear what you guys think about about that. So um, well, that's my you know my uh, my next prediction. Um, Colin, what do you, what do you got? What do you what do you think?
0: You know I. I... I don't have too many predictions this year. Um, I have the one, you know, that I kind of just mentioned. And, you know, another one that I've mentioned is, or, or I'm hoping, is that we're going to see a lot more f- um, a lot more artists giving their all on stage. Mm-hmm. That's the hope. And we kind of talked about that in the past episode. So it's more of a
1: hope than a prediction.
0: Yeah, I okay. mean, I, I, it's a hope. Um, I That's do th- fine. I do think the fans are going to push the artists to be better artists. And that sort of prediction, I think. Yeah. You know. Um...
1: So you think the fans are going to push, put a little more pressure, not just on the concert industry promoters and venue owners, but they're going to put more pressure on on the artists to say, you know, give me more. I believe give so. Yes. You know, raise the standard for yes. what a show really should be. Cool. Awesome. You know, I think uh, one of my predictions is that. You know, I thought this was going to happen a little bit further in the future, but I'm going to say it's going to happen in 2012, you know, maybe 2013, I don't know, Maybe I'm going to get a little ahead of myself, but we're going to have a concert in space, you know. I know that Obama and, you know, our current administration they had canceled the, uh, the space program and it's not going as fast as they want, but there's a lot of private investors, there's people that are still doing stuff in space, been reading some recent reports on that, so I think... It's just a matter of time, you know, the concert industry, music industry is looking for some way to add value and give fans another type of type of experience, and I think somewhere in space right now, whether it's the moon or some other planet, they're building a concert venue for fans on there that's going to have, like, holograms, it's going to have virtual experiences, uh, real experiences kind of mixed together on a, on a planet off of Earth.
0: Okay, that's totally out there, you know? but... But interesting, that's the whole know, point. Interesting, uh, prediction it's supposed and... to be
1: out there, it's a prediction,
0: okay. That may happen in a couple of years. I'll give you that, yeah. Possibly, who knows?
1: Who knows? That's you know, that's why they call these uh, they, they call these predictions. You know, we, we want to see these things happen. So, if you're out there, you're a fan, you're on, you're an artist, you're a concert uh, promoter, you're you know, a venue owner. Again, call us up. Uh, our, our number here is seven seven three six zero nine four three four one. Again, go to livefixblog.com. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, again, this is this is our twenty-second show we've done. Uh, last show of the year, we've had tons of fun. Uh, you know, we've um, we've actually talked to just I've lost count how many fans we've talked to. Uh, we've talked to over uh, this past year, but it's been fantastic and. Um, we're done. We're done for the year, but we're going to leave you guys with uh, one of my favorite. I know I mentioned uh, the uh, Harry Potter was one, of, was one of my top moments of the year, and what we're going to leave you guys here with was probably a very, very close second. Uh, afterwards, uh, we talked to two fans after K-Flay at sub and uh, they just they just made her show even 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 better uh, than it, than it already was after I talked to them. So we're gonna leave you guys with uh, those uh, quick interviews uh, from there, and then a, uh, some more live live beats uh, and rhymes from uh, from flay And then uh, we will see you guys later. Again, follow us uh, on uh, Facebook. Drop us a comment, and uh, uh, was it uh, Facebook.com/livefix? And also on Twitter at livefixmedia. Uh, again, show notes at livefixblog.com. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys in 2012. Uh, have you seen K-Flay before?
0: No, it was my first time. She was uh, awesome, awesome, epic, epic night. It was like, oh, my God. I don't even know. <laughs> I had fun. I had a lot of fun. My BFF, she brought me
1: here. And, and what was your name? Violet. Violet? What what was your your favorite part about the show? What you know? What are you gonna remember tomorrow morning when you wake up?
0: Everything, her shoes. I always like her shoes. I take pictures of her shoes. This is the second time I see her. Um, I think she's like super talented. You know, um, she's representing for all the girls trying to do hip hop, and she does it well. So I'm gonna keep supporting her from here on out. Love K-Flay! Woo!
1: So you're gonna gonna buy some red shoes tomorrow then, probably? Some red Nikes?
0: I want a match, size five.
1: (laughs) And uh, what about you, Uh, Carla?
0: I think I'm gonna go get some red dunks too tomorrow. Yeah, I am. She's a musical and a fashion inspiration.